Sligo Abbey. Sligo Abbey was founded in 1252 for the Dominican Order by Maurice Fitzgerald. The Dominican Order originated in France and were established by Saint Dominic at Toulouse in 1215. They were known as the Black Friars due to the black-coloured cloaks the monks wore over their white habits. The first Dominican foundation was at Athenry in County Galway in 1241, before the establishment of the Abbey at Sligo just over a decade later. Fitzgerald generously financed the construction of the Abbey and granted the land to the Dominicans. He also granted the friars land on the south bank of the river for agricultural purposes, along with fishing rights, as fish were a major part of the monks' diet. When it was first constructed, and up until the 17th century, the abbey lay outside the town. Today, the abbey remains in good condition and we can see the north and south walls of the choir, the chapter room and the sacristy, all of which date to the 13th century. This period of Irish history was extremely turbulent as the resurgent Gaelic tribes sought to drive out the Anglo-Norman colonies. Sligo was burned to the ground by the warlike O'Donnells in 1257 and the Fitzgeralds left Sligo forever by the beginning of the 14th century. Throughout all of this upheaval and violence, the Abbey remained untouched and when the powerful Richard de Burgo, Earl of Ulster, took control of Sligo in the 14th century, he restored the castle and work continued without hindrance in the Abbey. Sligo Abbey gained in prestige and it became the burial place of the elite of the region, like the O'Rourke's, Lords of Brefni. However, in 1414, disaster finally struck when a candle accidentally started a fire that became an inferno. The blaze destroyed the friars' living quarters and badly damaged the church. Immediate efforts were made to restore the abbey and the Pope granted an indulgence to all who would help to restore it. The powerful local magnates, the O'Connors and O'Rourke's, provided most of the financial aid for the restoration. The magnificent east window and the distinctive central tower date to this period of reconstruction and renewal. Later the abbey was enlarged and enhanced by the extension of the nave and the beautiful cloister courtyard. A new threat to Sligo Abbey arose in the middle of the 16th century when King Henry VIII began the dissolution of the monasteries. But, as it was deep within Gaelic-controlled lands, the abbey remained untouched for decades. However, in the late 1580s, an English garrison was established in Sligo. In 1595, Sir George Bingham, president of Connacht, launched a number of attacks on Sligo Castle, which at that time was occupied by the O'Donnells. Bingham used Sligo Abbey as a barracks for his troops and had his men pull down and use the beautifully ornate wooden brood screen to construct a battering ram to attack the castle. Remarkably, despite the chaos of these tumultuous days, a small group of the friars still remained at the abbey. By 1608, only one Dominican friar, Father O'Duane, remained in Sligo. He died later that year. 
However, hope returned to the Abbey shortly after, when Father O'Crean, a Sligo Dominican who had been in Spain, returned to form a new community. He was aided by the new elites of society and nobles like Eleanor Butler, Countess of Desmond, who erected the O'Connor Memorial in the south wall of the church. However, this proved to be a brief period of peace as the 17th century quickly became one of the most violent in all of Irish history. In July 1642, in retaliation for the events of the rebellion of 1641, Sir Frederick Hamilton, commander of the garrison of Manor Hamilton, descended on Sligo and burned most of the town, including the abbey, where he butchered the friars who remained there. W.B. Yeats dramatised this shocking event in The Curse of the Fires and the Shadows. All the monks were kneeling, except the abbot, who stood upon the altar steps with a great brass crucifix in his hand. Shoot them, cried Sir Frederick Hamilton, but nobody stirred, for all were new converts and feared the candles and the crucifix. For a little while, all were silent, and then five troopers, who were the bodyguards of Sir Frederick Hamilton, lifted their muskets and shot down five of the friars. The noise and the smoke drove away the mystery of the pale altar lights, and the other troopers took courage and began to strike. In a moment, the friars lay about the altar steps, their white habits stained with blood. Set fire to the house, cried Sir Frederick Hamilton, and a trooper carried in a heap of dry straw and piled it against the western wall, but did not light it because he was still afraid of the crucifix and of the candles. Seeing this, the five troopers who were Sir Frederick Hamilton's bodyguards went up to the altar and taking each a holy candle, set the straw ablaze. Despite the slaughter, a small group of friars again tried to keep the old abbey alive and repaired the chancel roof and erected temporary shelter at the priory in 1698. In the early 18th century, it appears that the friars had finally left the abbey. Now abandoned, the abbey was the property of Lord Palmerston and was frequently used as a convenient source of building materials and stone. During the 1760s, local merchant Thomas Corcoran used the abbey as a quarry to provide materials for laying out his new abbey mall, though the prior eventually managed to have the destruction stopped. In 1763, the Dominican friars officially left the site of the old abbey and they constructed a small thatched chapel at the rear of Pound Street, now known as Connolly Street, where they remained until 1848. The abbey continued to be used as a burial ground for the Catholics and occasionally Protestants of Sligo long after the friars had left. However, the devastating cholera epidemic that swept through Sligo in the 1830s put extreme pressure on the abbey burial ground. There was barely enough soil to cover the coffins and fresh earth had to be transported in, raising the level of the graveyard. The huge numbers of burials in the small grounds of the abbey only exacerbated the outbreak of disease, 
as the water runoff from the graveyard flowed back into the river and into the town's pumps, contaminating the water supply. The Abbey and the Protestant graveyard at St. John's were also overflowing in 1846, just before the worst year of the famine. Coffins in the Abbey were visibly jutting out of the ground and there wasn't enough soil to cover them. Under such pressure, a resolution was passed in 1847 that opened a new cemetery for the town, catering for both Catholics and Protestants. Today, Sligo Abbey is under the auspices of the Office of Public Works and you can enjoy a tour of the site from April to October. When you are ready, please retrace your steps back to the junction of Thomas Street, Castle Street and Teeling Street. From here, you can look down the length of Castle Street to view one of the oldest thoroughfares in Sligo. Please select the next track, Castle Street.